I've spoken to several business owners and they say, look, I don't mind paying some tax. I just don't want to pay an overabundance of tax. And I think that's a fair, fair statement. You work, just ask the people listening here, how hard, how many hours of blood, sweat and tears, how much risk have they taken? They took the risk, the government take the risk. So I think it's reasonable to say, hey, how can I keep more of the money that I work my, you know what off? Keep, that's, that's not a crazy concept. Hey, thanks for listening today. You are listening to the Deal Closers podcast brought to you by WebsiteClosers.com, a show about how to build your e-commerce business to be profitable, scalable, and one day even sellable. I'm Isaac Porter, and on the show today, we have Richard Ehrlich. He comes to share his experience on tax planning for your e-commerce exit. Here's a problem we see at website closers all the time. A company gets uh, a big exit. That's what they've been looking for. That's been the goal. And all of a sudden, they have more in their bank account than they've ever had before. They're not just paper rich. Now they're actually wealthy, except for when you make a lot of money, Uncle Sam wants his cut of the profits as well. So how can you prep your company so that you don't see the unexpected tax bill? Richard Ehrlich is the CEO of Secure Wealth Planning Group. I wanted to welcome him here to the show today. Richard, thanks for joining us. Uh, Really glad to have you on the show. Sincere pleasure. Thanks for having me, Isaac. So a a couple questions. I I know you've you've worked with a lot of wealthy people uh, managing their tax bill and helping them with all sorts of other planning work. Can you tell me a disaster story about when an entrepreneur was completely blindsided by their tax situation after an exit? Well, to your point, you're referring to you're a successful business owner, you've done some great things, and now someone comes along and writes you a big fat check and you're like, wow, I have all this money. And so what do you do? You know, Benjamin Franklin uh, is noted as saying that every American doesn't have the right to pay the least amount of tax. They have an obligation. And if you think about it, where do we come from? We came from a ship in the Boston Harbor. So of course, you know, people will pay tax. The question is, how can we legally keep more of the hard-earned money that we make in our pocket? So I can tell you on many, many different levels, whether it's a business or people saving money in a retirement account, different things that have happened because people were not being proactive in terms of their, their tax planning strategy. I always ask people, what I, I say, well, what actions have you put in place to handle future tax concerns moving forward? And what I mean by that is most people go to their accountant. They go to their accountant in, in January, February, or March of the following year. Is there anything you can do for this year once you're in next year? And the answer is no. Uh, I'll give you two examples. One is just on a retirement account. Somebody had, I remember uh, I was with a client the guy had about uh, $2 million in a set up a 401k account. He moved into, a, into an IRA account. And when he, he wanted to actually transfer that money to his children, when the guy passed away, about 70% of the money from where he lived in the state that he lived between state and federal taxes, 70% of that account went to the government. Wow. Needless to say, that's not, I don't care what rate of return you have, that's pretty ugly. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, Another scenario, especially and these are and obviously high tax states like New York and California and Illinois, but other states as well. There was a uh, case where I was working with a, a gentleman who was selling a, uh, a manufacturing company. Uh, they did all kinds of manufacturing. And they sold it for a substantial amount of money. They did no tax planning. And after all was said and done, uh, he got clipped for about 55 percent of all the money. 
he had to pay in taxes, state, local, federal. There were a lot of other things that he was missing. And one of the things we talk about is there are things that you can do pre-sale that can position yourself for keeping more of the money that you have. Gotcha. Yeah. So that that's a great lead in to my next question. So at, at, at website closers, you know, we we help companies sell. We come in, we help, we help them plan their exit and execute on the sale of their business. And in a lot of cases, these sellers are making millions, tens of millions. Uh, or, you know, in some cases, even hundreds, hundreds of millions of dollars on their exit. But let's go back to the beginning. Is there anything that should be done when forming a business if you're thinking about an eventual exit? Well, if you're, there's two ways. If you're obviously, if you're thinking about an exit, we've, we've helped clients take their companies public. So it's not really selling it. You're really going to take it public. If that's the case, more than likely, you're going to want to set up as a C corporation. There's a lot of tax structure benefits for that exit. If you are a service business and once again, online S corporation is typically a good way to structure those. You have a lot of, uh, you can do a lot of tax write off for both uh, personal and business expenses. So there's a, there's a big value added there when it comes to setting up surprisingly, you know, I've seen people with some substantial businesses that are not even incorporated. So there's a lot of issues there, not just from a tax planning standpoint, but also from a, a liability standpoint that you want to be able to preserve. And protect. Okay. So thinking ahead for, for tax prep, is it any different if you have existing investors versus if you're, if you're self-funded or operating as a, you know, effectively a sole proprietor, even if you've formed an incorporation? Well, typically investors are, are just that they're expecting to get, you know, some rate of return on their investment. And also when there is an exit, there will be a capital gain relative to what they've contributed. Typically, the owner of a company has probably the greatest uh, proportion to that. But in terms of tax planning, the business owner uh, has some some strategies they can do, depending on what industry they're in, more than an investor. Although there are ways that investors can, if it's if it's a collaborative effort, you know, if somebody's going to be acquiring them, a private equity group, there's ways they can exchange uh, shares so they could hold shares and, and take cash that they want. And defer tap capital gains. So there's many ways they can do that, but the answer would be yes. So, um, what are a couple of ideas that you're using? Maybe creative ideas to help reduce tax bills in 2021. So we've got a scenario where I've got uh, sellers who will sell and, and close on the sale of their business prior to the end of the year. You know, what type of things can those sellers do to help, you know, reduce their tax liability or or otherwise? you know, take advantage of any, any deductions or, or strategies that, that might exist right now? One of them is saying, look, I have this big capital gain that I'm about to experience. Right. And uh, when I say big capital gain, I'm working with a, with a client now who started this company with $127 and he just turned down a $40 million offer. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when we say this capital gains now, the idea here is to be able to spread out or defer those capital gains for many, many years, I'm talking about 10, 20 or 30 years. And that's a big deal because now you have money in your pocket and then you can plan. And there's ways that we help people plan for that eventual tax bill that they'll pay. But certainly if you're a smart person with your money, um, if I keep the money in my pocket now, I could probably do very well. And so that's one of the ways we do it. We could show you how we, it's almost like a installment of what you would have paid now, but many, many years from now down the road. Wow. So that's, one, that's one structure. 
That's really interesting. So, so the just to follow up on that. So, the idea there is to put in place a plan that allows you to defer that tax liability out and keep your money, and maybe maybe you can invest that money in the meantime, and you know, make a return on right. on the money that you would have otherwise paid in taxes. Exactly, and you know, we're a boutique uh, planning firm, so we guide the clients through that. Obviously, we put in place to them to create investment strategies that are not. That, that are designed to, to, to solve for that, or if they're going to go into another business. Um, but there are ways that you can put into place so you don't have to worry about that in 10, 20, or 30 years from now when that, when that tax bill comes due. But once again, a dollar today is worth more than a dollar down the road, and you, you have create a lot of leverage and create more wealth for you, for that, that business owner and their family. Absolutely. So can we can we talk about the magnesium idea? Is, yeah. that, is that something you can, you can share publicly? We, you and I had a conversation about that offline uh, a week or two ago, and I was I was completely fascinated. Well, p- part two, strategy two says, look, I don't want to defer the taxes. I just want my money. And how do I pay less? Yeah. So most people typically will tell you, let's just keep it high level, right? So you work with a company and you put money into a retirement account and you take a tax deduction, right? Yeah. So the way this works is that there's a program where we basically, we, in essence, we buy magnesium, which is a commodity, has many, many uses, medical uses and all kinds of things like that. We buy it in bulk, let's say $25 million tranches. And depending on what you need to offset to or to help lower your tax bill this year, you buy into this LLC. And as a result of the way we make the acquisitions, we can get a, about a four to one leverage on that contribution. So 100,000 is 400,000, 4 million is, you know, you can do the math there. And what happens is uh, I have yet to see people who want to take possession of magnesium. Uh, So what we do is we allow for that, for them to donate that money to a, to a, a, an IRS uh, recognized charitable organization, which will use the magnesium for various different medical reasons or whatever they're using. Uh, And as a result, then the, then the, the individual get, gets a K one, which will show this charitable contribution, in essence, the distribution from where they're at. So it's a really good way for them to lower their tax bill using this, you know, charitable structure. And it allows people to say, look, I don't want to defer my taxes. I just want to, I want to pay the lease now. And then, and then punt from there. Totally. That, that is so cool because people are looking for creative ideas to manage tax liability. And, and I think, you know, what you've just described is a completely legal and really creative idea to help reduce tax expenses. You know, you can't eliminate it entirely, but if you can reduce it and take advantage of a strategy like that, basically you're saying you could, for every dollar you put in, you'd save $3 on taxes if you get a full. Right. And, and it's up to, typically it's up to 30% of adjusted gross income. However, whatever you don't use can be rolled over in perpetuity. So it never expires there. I've spoken to several business owners and they say, look, I don't mind paying some tax. I just don't want to pay an overabundance of tax. And I think that's a fair, fair statement. You work, just think, ask the people listening here, how hard, how many hours of blood, sweat, and tears, how much risk have they taken? They took the risk. The government take the risk. So I think it's reasonable to say, hey, how can I keep more of the money that I work my, you know what, off to keep? That's, that's not a crazy concept. Oh, absolutely. And you know, the, the, the founders that we work with, you're exactly right. It's their lives work. They've, they've invested everything they've had. They've generally that they, they've founded and started these companies themselves. They've grown them. 
to be very successful. And so I think you're, you're right that most owners are willing to pay their fair share of taxes, but they want to certainly take advantage of any deductions or strategies out there to minimize that tax liability. It can save them a tremendous amount of money on the sale of their business. So um, I think that's it's a really, really fascinating strategy. And um, it's one of the reasons I wanted to get you on the show and make sure that you know, all the sellers that we're working with are thinking about the potential for capital gains tax prior to the sale of their business and, and you know, prior to the end of the year. Right. And, and, you know, just to continue that thought, it's, you know, think about the people who are running these businesses. Their entire focus is on employees and production and ordering and maximizing and marketing, all the different ingredients that go into to, to make and continue to run a successful company. They're not thinking about when they get a liquidity event of 5, 10, 15, 20, or 100, whatever the amount of money is. They're not thinking, okay, now what do I do? So we take them, once we help them preserve that, now we say, okay, well, what are some of the things, now you're at stage two. Maybe you're in this place financial independence, or maybe, you know, you're 45 years old. So what do we do? I think that most people, they want to be comfortable with knowing that they're in a financial good place um, moving forward. And that's really a combination of the things. So you want to position yourself not only to keep more of the money that you have at the sale, but in perpetuity, i.e. you don't want to lose half your money in the stock market, i.e. you don't want to lose money to future taxes. I, I come back, I, I was quoting something that I said, I, what, one of the things that I say is I said, what measures have been put in place to safeguard your money from the full effects of taxes moving forward? We're in the second lowest tax bracket this country has ever had. For about 20 years, we were at a 94% tax bracket without state. So given the fact that we have been spending money like crazy, trillions of dollars you know, on COVID-related relief packages, and given all that stuff like that, there's really only, you know, re- regardless who's in, in power, they're coming after people with money. They're not coming after people that, that have no money. But there are things that you can legally do to maneuver and keep more than you have. And then that's also with the money that you want to retain it. So yep. those are some of the key things we talk about. That's great. And I think one, one of the things that, you know, that I really want to do with my clients at, at website closers is just make sure that they have access to the best advice. I think, you know, getting, getting somebody connected with you, like you said, your plans are custom. It's going to be dependent on their personal situation and maybe what their goals are. But, you know, part of my responsibility is to make sure that, that my clients have access to the best information, access to the strategies and the advice, and then they can use that information to make, make the choice that's right for them. So when do these kind of strategies need to be put in place? So, you know, is it, if we've signed an LOI with a company, is it, is it too late to do this? When ideally would somebody talk with you? So let's put it this way. If somebody is in that process of looking to sell their business, they want to start having this conversation now. Why? Because I don't know which direction to go. Everybody's got a different set of circumstances. So when they're talking to you and you, you know, you put together their, hey, here's what we think, and you got the package out there, and you started it, this is when you want to have that conversation because you have to plan it out. This is not something that you push a button that that you know it's not complicated, but it certainly takes uh, being proactive. You know, gotcha. that, that's what I would recommend. The other thing I would I want to piggyback on what you said was, you know, one of the things that I really love about what you do is that you don't have to do any of this for your clients. Hey, you know what? I found you the highest bidder and, you know, goodbye. But I think today it's so important to add additional value. You know, I, I talked to you, you know, about potentially clients of mine. You know, how do you get the best value? I don't get that doesn't benefit me. 
but it benefits my client. And if you're if you're constantly looking for ways to enhance and deliver more, even though you don't have to, I think I think it's a win-win for all everybody around. Yeah, and that's how I've thought about it as well. It's kind of the abundance mindset. You know, I try to make sure that clients work with me because they trust that I'm going to give them the best advice. And part of that is helping them think ahead to the issues that maybe they haven't thought about. Some We work with sellers who've, who've been thinking about their tax liability and potential capital gains implication for years. You know, sometimes that's their primary concern. But in other cases, mm-hmm. they, they haven't thought about it yet. In a lot of cases, they've just been really focused on, on running their business. And that's what's made right. them successful. And so we can bring these concepts of their attention, get them connected with the right professionals. You know, I'm, I'm not a, a tax advisor. I'm not a CPA, but, but I know a lot of people who are, and you know, you've got a firm that specializes in this area. And so we'll, you know, we'll connect our clients with you and you can give them, you can give them great advice. And then that's, that's, uh, that's a good value exchange. So um, what else are we missing, Richard? What, what should we think about? You just mentioned, so I'm not a CPA. Um, one of the things that I tell people, and this is one of the, this is one of the first questions you guys will have. How come my accountant never told me about this, right? That would be like the number one question we get over and over again across the country. Yeah. And I say to you, I say, look, I, I said, do you have a good account? And they go, I have a really good account. Okay. So I said, how many, do you know how many pages there are in the tax code? And they're like, no. And you know, there's like 60,000 pages, some crazy number. I said, so if you have a really good account, they're not combing through all those pages. They're going to do the basic things and they may even do some creative things with some tax planning. But the, these strategies are where other CPA firms come to us. And I think it's important to know that most CPAs, sad to say, and I'm not, it's not it's just reality. I've been doing this for you know, t- over 20 years. They're reactive, right? I come to you after I have all my stuff next year, where what we're looking to do is be proactive so we have the flexibility in which to maneuver and gain advantage for the client. Yeah. And I think that proactivity and that kind of forward looking advice is what sellers are just, they're so hungry for. They want the best advice. They want the best information. Nobody wants to sell their company and a year later, talk to somebody else who had a, who had access to information that they didn't have. Yeah. And, and, and to one other thing as well is, which is very important, you know, taxes are this across the board concern or factor in our lives. You know, if you're a successful business owner and you're making, you know, $2 million a year, you know, when you're planning out your financial independence, your retirement, and you want to generate a certain amount of money, is that going to be before or after tax, right? Because th- these are key things, you know, when you're managing your money, all these areas come into play. And if you put some pieces together and put a plan together and you keep an eye on it, you have a lot of advantages moving forward. And that's a big, big deal. And a lot of people, unfortunately, they buy products, they, they, they buy investments, but they don't really understand how these pieces to come together. And that's what we spend time going through and just educating them so they can make smart, informed decisions. That's what I want in my life. That's what I want for my clients. 100%. Couldn't agree with you more. So Richard, where can our listeners connect with you? So my website is securewpg.com, but that's more of an informative place for people to understand how we help people manage money. Uh, But they can certainly reach out to me at re at securewpg.com. They can also reach me at my office, which is 561-340-2667. Or I also take uh, calls on my cell, 305-321-7033. Like I said, nothing we have is cookie cutter. So it's getting on a call, understanding what where they're at, where they want to go, where the situation is. And then each one of the, everybody we work with is a, we just take them through a process, lots of questions. 
And then we build out a plan from there. Awesome. Really appreciate the time today. Uh, everyone, that was Richard Ehrlich, tax planning expert. Uh, you can find him at Secure Wealth Planning Group, securewpg.com. Thanks everyone for listening to this episode of the Deal Closers podcast brought to you by WebsiteClosers.com. If you like the show, be sure to rate us, write a review, press the follow button and share it with your network. And of course, if you're looking for help selling your e-commerce business, be sure to visit WebsiteClosers.com.